Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. Today, I am going to be speaking with author and speaker Mary Shores about whether you're cleansing or clogging your relationships and what that means. Um, And in my 10 years as a life and dating coach, I want to let you know that you can have healthy relationships, but it does require a little bit of inner work and maybe a lot of inner work. And um, part of that process is really looking back at your family of origin and your unhealthy patterns from relationships in your past. And it's also about honoring and valuing all the parts of yourself, and especially the parts that people told you were too much or not enough. That's how you can transform your love life and become the woman of value who attracts in toe-curling epic love. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is be a lifetime learner. I think this is so important, um, to always be curious, always be learning. This is really how we become more interesting and interested. And um, if you are not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. The conversation there is positive, supportive, and always interesting, and I find that people really are lacking in community, especially these days with so much of you know social media getting in the way of, of connection. This is a place for connection. Um, it is deep and supportive, so please join us at your last first date. And now for our special guest, Mary Shores. She is an author, a speaker, an entrepreneur. She generates positive, pragmatic solutions for people who are freaking out. I know a few of those. Mary blends her personal experience with her extensive knowledge of neuroscience and human behavior to guide businesses and individuals to defeat the freak out and create their ideal life. And she has a new book that's come out recently called Conscious Communications that we're going to talk about. So join me now for episode number 304, Are You Cleansing or Clogging Your Relationships? Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to meet you and to be here today. What a great concept for a show. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I I am a big fan of you and um and actually, the concept of cleansing and clogging, um, I, I use a little bit of a different terminology like draining or feeding um, when I talk to my clients. But I'd love for you to explain what you mean by cleanse or clog. Yeah, well, I love the concept of cleanse or clog in conscious communication. It's actually covered in Chapter 5, and it's the chapter that I used to get the book deal in the first place with Hay House. So I knew that it was, like, really strong and great information because I think we're living in a time where we accept that infinite possibilities are truly available to all of us. And I think that sometimes we get that terminology confused. You know, when we hear the words infinite possibilities, 
a lot of times we think that that means good things. But really, infinite possibilities doesn't necessarily mean that we're reaching our highest potential. It means that there's a spectrum of things that could happen, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between, right? So uh-huh. this, this thing about cleanser clog is really, to me, um, you know, we're always manifesting all the time. We're always creating things. We're always, you know, we're always putting out in our intentions to the world and to the universe of what we want but it seems to not always get us the results that we want. And I think that that's because we can, we can just get really pulled in, in so many different directions. And when we stop to understand that everything we say, everything we do, every word that comes out of our mouth, every action we take, every choice we make in the thinnest sliced moment of life is either creating a connection to what we want or it's driving a disconnection. And so that's really what cleanser clog means, which is the same as you said, drain or feed. It's just like you said, different, because it's all about that, just like creating a connection or realizing where you're causing disconnections. So a great way to have an example of that is if I were to be on a diet and I wanted to lose 10 pounds, I um, don't need to necessarily learn a complicated diet plan. I can simply use my own intuition, look at a piece of food, and say, if I put this in my body, will it cleanse me? Does it have nutrients that will cleanse my system, or does it have nutrients that will clog me? And I think that we would all agree that if we eat an apple, that would be cleansing, and if we eat a Snickers bar, that would be clogging. And so from there, it's just really easy to understand that, like, 80% of the time, we really want to be making cleansing connected choices. So how that relates to relationship is the very same thing. I mean, in all of our personal relationships, everything you say, everything you do, every word that comes out of your mouth, every choice you make, every action you take in the thinnest slice moments are either going to create a deeper connection in that relationship or it's going to drive a disconnection. I love this. I agree wholeheartedly, and um, it's a great analogy with the diet. And uh, I actually had a, a client who everything she was doing was out of fear. It was to avoid pain. And so I had her go through an exercise where everything was out of love for herself. And so she would eat food because she was giving a gift to her body instead of to avoid gaining weight. You know, it's it's a perspective shift that, we can do for ourselves and for others. Yeah, and you know, I wanted I wanted just because of the topic of your show, there's so I was on another dating show and one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was was this concept of attracting who you are. And mm. uh, I'll tell you why I think it's so important because as a woman, and I don't know if other women have noticed this, we can be in denial that we are attracting what we are. And I certainly found myself in denial because I knew I was in a pattern of attracting unavailable men. But I thought to myself, how can I be the one who's unavailable? Like if we're attracting, if it's true that we are attracting who we are, how can I be unavailable when it seemed like I was always the person putting myself out there? And so just like with your client, though, there's these deeper energetic patterns that we have. And it's all about um, what I learned kind of the hard way, 
was that the reason I was attracting all of these unavailable men is that I had this like energetic signature or posturing of someone who was unavailable myself. And what that looks like is I had a pretty tragic background um, growing up. I had a lot of abandonment things happen to me in my childhood. Um, I lost a child pretty early on when I was 19 years old. I went through a terrible, terrible divorce and then had a series of heartbreaking events after that. Well, what happens is over 10, 20, 30, 40 years of this type of activity in your life, you actually start to develop um, some body postures that match that. So someone like me, I had the shoulders rolled forward and I was developing kyphosis in my back. And the reason you do that is because you're protecting your heart. So it's Mm. like over time, it's not something you'd notice on a daily basis, but see – People intuit these things about you. So the reason, part of the reason you track what you are is because people can energetically pick up on these things. And so for me, what was happening is that even though I felt like I was a loving, giving person, I sort of had this signature about myself that was protecting my heart. And what I learned was you can't be both available and protect your heart at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so true. I did my TED Talk on this topic. Um, did you really? That's incredible. I did, I, I, and I called it the um, Tootsie Pop. Um, I was a Tootsie Pop. And so I had developed these hard shields that I didn't even realize were there to protect me from pain and didn't realize that that was actually protecting me from the man who would be a good fit for me. And so I married somebody who was a terrible fit for me. Um and my realization was doing that inner work that you talk about here is so, so important. And becoming what I say is the Heath Bar, which is the um, strong on the inside and soft on the outside. You can't be soft and un- unprotected if you don't first gain the inner strength on the inside and really know yourself and take out all the crap that's been getting in the way. I, I think this is just one of the main issues that keeps people from love. And it's so interesting that it manifested in your actual physical appearance of that hunching. I mean, that that's it was so fascinating when I heard you talk about that with Elizabeth D'Alto. And then you healed yourself. Well, and I think that it manifests for all of us in different ways. And, you know, we might be able to heal the physical. And so, and I've been talking about this a lot lately. So I did go through some therapy for about two years to correct the spinal issue. But if you don't go back and heal, like the heal what caused it in the first place, then that trauma is really just going to manifest itself in another illness. So whether that be fibromyalgia or, you know, one of the numerous, numerous, autoimmune autoimmune deficiencies that we're dealing with or something to do with the thyroid but it will manifest because our bodies are like libraries and they've literally been storing everything that happens to us so it's not only stored in the subconscious mind but it's also stored in the tissues of our body and there's there's you know our cellular we if you've heard the term before cellular memory Um, Mm -hmm. Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about a lot of this in his books. And when we're we're living in a constant state of of stress, we're actually recreating stress chemicals, uh, I mean, all day, every day, that is keeping us stuck in those patterns. So even though 
you know, our behaviors might be one way, it's time to take a deeper look and to understand, like, that whole concept of attract what we are because if we're attracting an abusive person, we may not understand, we may not be able to um, identify that abusive pattern in ourselves, but maybe it is Mm -hmm. that we're abusing ourselves in one way, shape, or form or another. And, you know, the first step is always at least being aware of it. You know, you don't necessarily have to go through years of therapy to discover what happened to yourself in the second grade that caused you to have this pattern, but you can find ways to to plant seeds of a new pattern and then feed those seeds more than you feed the other ones so that ultimately, in the end of the day, you get a true transformation. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. Um, We had somebody in our group, actually, who kept, posting about men who disappeared on her and then there was a man she connected with who lived three hours away and you know they're all ways of being unavailable and they don't see the patterns but they're so obvious to me as a coach I see oh my god you just keep repeating and repeating and and then wondering why these men are so low investment they're really not there for you so it's it's like what is going on inside you, and that's the only thing we can do something about. And it's so empowering to know that we can. So let's talk about what we can do, because um, we're talking about planting the seeds and feeding the parts that are the positive parts so that we can actually change those neural pathways. What are, what are some of the steps people can take? Well, I think that the first thing is to really understand what a neural pathway is. So if we think about in our in our subconscious mind, we've got all of these neurons and synapses, and it's really going to be what drives our behavior. So we've implanted these, these patterns and these seeds in, in childhood, and everything that we do is based on, on these belief systems. And so a, one way to demonstrate that is, I noticed a couple weeks ago I was getting a massage and I, when I was finished, I went into the bathroom and I turned the light on. And then I thought, it's not dark in here. Why did I turn the light on? Because she had a big window in the bathroom. And Mm. I realized in that moment, I turned the light on because 99% of the time when I walk into the bathroom, there, there are no windows and it's typically dark in a bathroom. And so I have this automatic response when I walk into the bathroom to turn a light on. But see, that's the same thing as with life and with our behavior patterns, that we're, we're on this auto-response track. Because, you know, we think about sixty to 90,000 thoughts a day, and 95% of them are the, exactly the same as the day before. And so if you really can get conscious about changing those thinking patterns, because I think, I think in um, – a lot of coaching and a lot of um, books, they, we use the term very loosely, alignment. And we mm-hmm. don't take a moment, though, to define what alignment is and how you can get into it. It's just sort of like this elusive term. But to me, alignment is really about when you get your thoughts, your words, your actions, your behavior patterns all moving in the same direction as what you want. So it's like when you're consistently cleansing and creating connections to what you want, more so than you're disconnecting from the things that you want. And there's some steps that you can take to get there. Number one is the easy stuff, like creating a daily practice of, of some kind or another. And I know that for your audience, I'll be giving them the daily daily desires diary. This is a quick and easy way that you can start connecting yourself and creating new patterns in your life. And that entails um, just a three-step small daily practice of 
stating three things every day that you're grateful for. Now, when I was a kid, I think that I was taught, um, not not it wasn't forced on me or anything, but I did grow up in a Lutheran household. And even though it wasn't extreme, I still at the very least had this belief that I needed to pray for gratitude or, you know, pray to God and tell him what I was grateful for every day. And I dutifully did that. But I think that I got it a little bit wrong as far as the belief system because it's not as if I owe this deity in the sky some kind of debt of gratitude. The truth is that when we are take a moment every day to be grateful, what we're actually doing is we're planting those seeds in our, in our subconscious of, of new neural networks. And we're, it's like we're building the muscle in our brain that helps us to look for things in our life to be good and grateful for. It's also going to create an increase of dopamine and serotonin, which actually makes us feel better. So for, if we're looking at things like long-term happiness, then having a gratitude practice is really a great step in getting you there. And trust me that when you're talking about manifesting what you want, whether that's a relationship, a business, a vacation, a different life, whatever that is, everything that you manifest from a place of empowerment is going to manifest stronger, faster, better, and longer lasting than what you manifest from disempowerment. Mm. Because disempowerment is not the place that you want to manifest from. Yes, totally. Um, so just want to say something about the gratitude practice because a lot of people have trouble with this. And I just heard a Marie Forleo interview today about this where, I forgot the first, Ryan Holiday was the guy she was interviewing, and he said that he used to do this great daily practice where he would just be grateful for his wife, his child, whatever, and he said it just got kind of like it kind of disingenuous, and yeah, he said dutiful. Yeah, very dutiful, which is like prayer, like a lot of people for you know what you were describing before. It's like what you're supposed to do. And he said he started looking at the challenges and the grat- gratitude he had for the biggest challenges in his life. And it's kind of like you touched on this before um, that the things that are most challenging are things that can really what we can find gratitude in if we look. And it's more it's harder um, because sometimes the people who piss us off the most are the ones we have trouble forgiving and learning from. We just keep, we get stuck in anger. And um, so I thought that was interesting. You know, not, don't just look at, you know, my teacher from second grade who taught me how to read. I'm grateful to her. Um, what do you, What do you think about that? Well, I think that it's it's wonderful to to and I and I'll revisit that in a second, but tying something into gratitude, another thing that can get you out of that practice of just being grateful for things or people is to be grateful for your own skills, gifts and talents. So like mm-hmm. if you are a coach, I'm grateful for my ability to coach because what um actually came to me at the beginning of the year for uh during a meditation retreat was that the more that we take time to be grateful for our own unique skills, gifts, and talents, the more that we're actually growing that neural network in our mind to make 
to make it so that we will soon be using our skills, gifts, and talents as a form of prosperity in our life because the more that we feed that seed, the more that we strengthen that neural network, the more that we will attract opportunities in our life to use our skills, gifts, and talents. So whether that means that you bake the best chocolate chip cookies in the world or that you are a second-grade teacher or you are a healer or a teacher or, like me, you know, a speaker, and you're bringing knowledge into the world, like I have really learned this new practice of it's taken my gratitude and it's put it on steroids. And so that's the first part of this Daily Desires Diary. And then the second part is to take the things that is your most proudest moment for the day because you want to um, take time, and I think especially as women, we don't take time to celebrate the small wins. But if we can choose three things for today, three moments that we're really proud of, and we're going to do this as part of this Daily Desires Diary. So you choose three things that you're grateful for and then three proud moments of the day. And then we're going to finish this up with three things you desire. So that is the daily practice that I want to suggest that your audience use to really get in control of what's happening in their subconscious mind. And then I think that, you know, that's the first step. But here's the second step, which goes right into what we're talking about with um, this other interview that you heard, is that understanding that your stories really define who you become. And creating reframing for those stories is extremely important because the story you tell yourself about yourself is going to become your identity. And let me talk about what I mean a little bit more in depth, that we all have these things that happen to us. And, you know, I've mentioned that I've, I've lost a child. I've, I've gone through enough challenges in life for five lifetimes. And, and if I were to really make that the focus of who I am, I would put me in a disempowering state of victimhood. And what mm-hmm. I have learned is that the most beautiful part of your story is actually in the moment where you learned to move on. You know, what is the slice of your story that someone can take your story and it's like identify the triumph over the tragedy? Because every time you tell that disempowering story, what you're doing is you're reinforcing that disempowerment in your subconscious wiring. So if you can really learn to focus on the fact that these challenges are what built your character. You know, I know that it takes a lot of courage to go through the things that I've gone through in life, and a lot of it is is very, very terrible. And uh, and as a matter of fact, I was just filming a couple of months ago a documentary called The Global Resilience Project, and this, this person in Ireland, she chose 50 people, men or women, um, that had not only just recovered from a tragedy, but that were actually thriving because she wanted to find the pattern of resilience. She wanted to find what was the thing that each one of these 50 people were doing that was identical to each other, and she did it. Mm. And she definitely discovered the the strategy that was being used for resilience. And so one of those things was gratitude. But another one of those things was how the person looked at their challenges in their life. Did they look at them as opportunities to grow, or did they look at them from the the opposite end of that spectrum, which is like, oh, you know, it's 
I, I, I can still do this from time to time because it's not like once you stop it, step into that place of empowerment, you know, you're still going to have your moments. You're still going to have the things that happen to you. One of the things that I talk about often is how we have this positive psychology movement going on, and it doesn't always serve us because what we really need is a healthy way to process our lives when things aren't going the way that we want them to. So I'm certainly not suggesting that you earn that you ignore your problems and I certainly don't suggest that you, you know, pretend through an affirmation pra- practice that your problems aren't real because I don't believe in that. But what I do believe in is having a process that you can follow so that when things are, you know, when you're in that deep dark hole, when you're in that place of disempowerment that you don't stay there for very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of people, there's so much in what you just said that just went, yes, 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 my head is shaking up and down. Um, there are a lot of people who want to not acknowledge anything that's not positive, and that also drives me crazy. I remember years ago I was speaking to a potential date who I met online, and he would not talk about anything but happiness and positivity, and it was just like life is much more nuanced than that. And that that actually gives nobody permission to be a full human in, in our full human spectrum. And I don't think that that's healthy. Um, and my son actually is a great reminder for me of empathy when I get into solution because I am so solution-focused. I'm so uncomfortable in the discomfort and he says, Mom, I just need you to just be empathic for a minute before you start telling me what to do. <laughs> and so, that is a um, great reminder. Yeah. And it's important also just, I think, to know how to be with the pain, but not for too long. And um, I, I remember also in coaching, one of the tools that I learned in coaching school was to put a timer on when somebody complains. I don't almost... It, I never have people who just call me to vent because I don't do that. But when it used to happen years ago, I would put a timer on for like a minute and say, you get it all out. Like, cheer them on. Just, you know, every disgusting word you want to say, get it all out. And then we're done. And then we're done and we're going we're gonna to move on um, because you do need to get it out, but you don't want to dwell on it. You don't want to spend your entire session being in that muddle and puddle of muck, <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's not a minute. I'm just saying, like, we have to have a timer, our own internal timer, for how long we're going to stay there because otherwise it just takes us down, takes everybody else down around us. Well, the way, and I, I can tell you that um, my 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 focus, especially where I talk about manifesting and all and all of the things that I concepts I talk about in conscious communications, they were developed in the lab of my own life and my own business that I've owned for 20 years, and also that I'm a communications strategist. And so, when you're in a situation and you're dealing with someone who's who's got the problem, you know, they've got the the tragedy, and they're there for help. The re, the way to get them to move on is we need as human beings we all have basic needs and one of the needs that we need that we have is to be heard 
And so, Mm -hmm. um, and I know this from years and years of study of neurology, psychology, and neurochemistry, is we need to feel heard, and the way to do that is to validate the other person's experience. Now, I don't mean that you agree with their experience. I mean that you take a moment to consciously acknowledge that what they have just gone through is concerning to them or you know you can even use their own language i can see that why that would concern you or you know that must have been really hard but it's almost like we have these check marks in our in our mind and we can't move to the next part we can't hear the solution when we're still stuck in fight or flight of the situation so we have two modes we have fight or flight and we have rest and digest and this is where a lot of what i study is so if we're living our lives out of fight or flight that is that manifesting through disempowerment And in order Uh to get ourselves to switch and to activate the parasympathetic, and you can do that through the power of words, um, it's all about creating that genuine feeling of validation. And so empathy, there's some great videos like with Brene Brown, and there's Uh a video that I love that whenever I'm teaching workshops, I always play this video called It's Not About the Nail. And it's Uh like this... And have you seen it? The man's talking to his girlfriend, and she has the nail in her head, and she's complaining about her headache. And he just keeps saying, well, if you just get the nail out of your head, you know, and I bet as a coach, and I'm not a coach, so I'm just, you know, projecting, I bet as a coach it probably feels that way a lot. Like if you just get that nail out of your head, your headache (laughs) will go away. But see, you can't see that. When you're in the middle of a tornado, you can't see it the same way you can see the tornado if it's a mile away. And we Mm -hmm. need to be validated that, you know what, that nail must be really painful. And then as soon as we have that moment and we've created that connection, because it's all about creating deeper connections, then we can move on and our brain, it's like we've created the space in our subconscious or in our brain where we can actually hear the solution. But before that moment, we actually can't even hear the solution. So you can tell someone the solution 50 times, but they can't hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true, and um, and then you also have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to finally get the lesson that you're meant to learn. I mean, I, I can think of so many times when I have heard the same words over and over, even about gratitude, and not appreciated how important it was, or celebration. I used to have a celebration team that used to meet every Friday, and we would celebrate our wins for the week. Um I, when I do my group coaching, I always have the women talk about something they're bragging about. I learned that from Mama Gina, um, you know, just to brag at the beginning of our session because they don't talk about themselves. You know, they don't, they don't really focus on their strengths and their talents, like you said before. So, so much good in all of this, and, and um, I highly recommend that people buy your book, um, Conscious Communications, and get your free Daily Desires Diary, which I will post in the show notes. Um, Any last words that you would like our audience to take away today, Mary? Absolutely. Yeah, so when they get the diary, they're also going to get a free download of the first chapter of the book. And I always just tell people, you know, if you're curious, if you want to know more, you can check out my website, maryshores.com. Um, connect in my Facebook group, Fearless Ambition. And, of course, I think if you go on Amazon and you read a book's description, Conscious Communication, and a handful of the reviews, you know right away whether that book is for you or not. And if you're on the fence, hey, I'm giving you a free chapter. Download it today. Mm. 
a generous offer, and I hope people take you up on it. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show today, Mary. It was really an honor to have you. Thank you, everybody, for coming on today and for listening, and I hope that you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. <laughs>